Blog Talk Radio. Morning, afternoon, or maybe evening, maybe evening, depending on where you are, and welcome to Hope for Today with your co-host, Naja E. Brown. Today on Hope for Today, we are going to talk about a tough subject matter, and it's very sensitive and being talked about all around the world. We are going to have the conversation about race reconciliation and the church. I have special guests with me today in the audience, and in our studio, I mean, and uh, Deb is with us, and Foxy is with us, and I'm hoping that Lorna Arnold will be able to join us shortly. And I'm going to ask each lady to give a welcome uh, opening statement to our listening audience, and, and then we'll take it from there. Foxy, you want to go first? Sure, sure. Well, I just want to say thank you, Nash, for letting us come on, and I'm excited to have um, further conversation in the in the conversation that we've been having over the last few weeks with many people locally. Um, and I'm just excited to be here and to share a little bit of my story and how it relates. So thanks, thanks for having me. Oh, thank you. And Deb. And I'm Deb Mahan, and I am relatively new to the Tacoma area and have just started meeting with these lovely ladies um, to have the conversation. And I have lived in several places across the country and worked in several countries. So this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. Very good. So I have invited you ladies to join Hope for Today because of a meaningful meaningful event that has been taking place in Tacoma, Washington. And it's the time where ladies are gathering and having the crucial conversation about race relations among black women and white women in the church. And the setting has been quite unique. It's been in the church building. Our first conversation took place over tea and sandwiches and dessert. And then we had another conversation that took place in a sanctuary, so it set up a little different type of dynamic. And the setting has been dubbed as safe, a place where women have felt very safe to come and have that conversation. And then it's been our feedback that the conversation has been very honest, heartfelt, and eye-opening. And with that... I'm going to see, Lorna, are you on the air with us? I am. Can you hear me? Oh, good. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome. So uh, I'm going to ask you, so Lorna Arnold just joined us, and I'm going to ask Lorna to explain to our listening audience how this whole event came about. So what was the vision that you received and what what steps did you take to make this happen, to create this setting, get your panel together, etc. So I'll let you explain how this all came about. Great. Well, it's uh, the conversation is something that I've tried to start over and over again, and I guess it just has seemed not to be the right time. Or 
I should say I've had the conversation with many people over the years, and it never has taken the the form of a larger format, which is what the tea and conversation, our kickoff, uh, was a, a bigger conversation that included the women that were willing to have the conversation with me, the five panelists in particular, what happened to open up the other side of the conversation was that my husband preached a sermon on racial at a predominantly white congregation in Tacoma. And when he did that, there was one woman in particular who responded by coming to our church the next Sunday. And then she was expressing her desire to continue the conversation. Uh, I asked to ask um, the question, what would she say? And so she wrote me this, and I'm just going to read it for you because I used it. I'm going to read you parts of it. Okay. Um, She said, Oh, is that okay? Yes, yes, go ahead. Okay. She said, I come sister in Christ and appeal to you to join me in shared conversation about a very sensitive and sensitive and tender reality of earth topic. You black and me white under one earth roof. The wounds are deep and the current climate between us is tense. And yet we serve a God who breaks down the walls of hostility and makes the two one. And I long for this. My very soul is longing and yearning for a healing connection and friendship between black and white. Despite the division we see, I believe that we were created to be a family who, through our friendship, reflects the very heart of God to the world. But where do we start? As a white woman, I would like to ask if I could start by listening to you. I feel like there's this story that's trying to be told that's getting ignored and suppressed. I feel like black people are attempting to send out a message that things are not as they should be. And instead of listening, we, the white people, are responding with backlash or disregard. I think you have, um, I think that you have a story to share and a perspective to give. And yes, it's a really hard topic to broach, but without the spirit, we can make a start. The letter she sent to me that, that I, in turn, sent out to five panelists, Naja, you being one, and Foxy, another, and then uh, three other women who have, over over the years, made it easy to have hard conversations. And so I brought that open letter to you. This gal invited uh, other people from her church, and that's how it started. We had our first conversation over tea and food, and it was pretty electric, I think. I, I would agree with you. And, uh, yes, and Foxy, how about you? And, and Deb, you were there also. Uh, Foxy, you were a part of the panel. Deb, you were in the audience. It was very electric and very dynamic. Would you guys agree? It was oh, very emotional. Yeah. It, and it was very emotional, too, uh, I must say. There were some tears that were shed. So one of the things that, uh, Lorna, you mentioned that you selected a panel. Can you just give us a little background on on uh, uh, how you were led to, 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 
select the panel and uh, you know the, the, you've mentioned that I was I was a panelist, but there were others too, and I, I, I'm assuming that you prayed about it. But what was the process that you went through in order to get your panelists together? Well, the very beginning of the panel was my best friend Vita, who is your sister Naja, and I've been married for six years uh, to a black man, and I have not enough time on this podcast. <laughs> I was writing this down, and I was like, excuse of the years, uh, 30, 30 of them, um, at least, maybe 32, uh, I was really privileged to have your sister Vita as my best friend. We raised our kids together. She answered so many of my questions. I didn't, I honestly didn't know that there was a racial problem. That seems very, even probably unbelievable now, but 36 years ago, I was so underexposed, and I was taught that prejudice was a terrible thing that happened in the past, and I honestly didn't know that there was any further impact. And when I got married, I was really shocked, um, starting with my husband's family, starting and then with um, some church situations, I saw that, that the problem was very real, and I didn't know who did to talk to about it. And once we had kids, even more important, I just wanted to write and I wanted to um, honor the Lord with whatever I could do in this um, this conversation, which I felt like I couldn't have back then with, with almost anyone. And then my best friend was just so gentle with me and she didn't think I was stupid and well, she might have, but she didn't say so. <laughs> she treated me <laughs> with grace. <laughs> and then, of course, she was raised in this beautiful family that um, is full of beautiful women, five girls, and all of you, um, I felt, uh, the sisters I could have a conversation with. And then later, Foxy came into my life um, not that many years ago, and May also, In you know, it had been maybe in the last, 10 years that those ladies came into my life, but they also were just held themselves in a, in a position of grace and humility and love that I felt like I could ask hard questions without being um, misunderstood or dismissed uh-huh. or have, have their eyes at me. And that was what really started it. I wanted more women with questions to have the experience of being taken seriously and of being um, able to be honest uh, with a black person and to ask honest questions and mostly to hear things that I know they didn't know because I was in the same position. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Very good. So I want to go to Deb. Now, Deb, you were in a uh, you were in the audience and you participated. Uh, you were at both of our uh, settings uh, over the tea and the dessert and, and the and the sandwiches and then also in the sanctuary. So can you talk a little bit about your experience and how maybe easy or difficult it was for you to join in on the conversation? Uh, I'll let you take it from here. Well, first of all, um, I I did grow up in a very 
multi-ethnic port community, Port Arthur, Texas, uh-huh. in um, many years ago, and so I was I was used to a multi-ethnic um, relationship. The church I went to and that kind of thing. It just happened because that was the neighborhood, and. Uh-huh. But then when I went away to school, I found something very different. And and I was in Tennessee in the late 60s, which was, oof. Um, so I began to understand a little bit about the racial divide then, just a taste of it. In 2006, uh-huh. I went to an international mission festival, and a young girl from the Congo walked up to me and let me know that I needed to read these books. And she had five books laid out, and they were on racial reconciliation and on being white. I had never uh-huh. read a book on being white in my life. And <laughs> Interesting. So, so that really helped me um, understand more uh, about white privilege. I, I had seen it, but I didn't understand how deep it went. So when Lorna... Um, invited me and my daughter to participate in this group, I didn't really know what to expect. And and I have uh-huh. to be honest that when I first got there and saw five black women on the panel, I thought, how are we supposed to reconcile if we don't have a white person up there too to interact with these people? Because I didn't know it was good. Yeah, I'm, I've not even told you that, Nausea. Um, I, when, when I got in there, I didn't know what it was going to be or anything like that, and I didn't realize it was going to be interactive. I just thought it was going to be a panel giving us a discussion. And when I saw how interactive it was and when I heard each person's story, by the time Foxy talked about her children and not being able to get medications for them and and you spoke and your sister and all of these lovely God-filled women about this pain that was coming deep in, from inside of them, all I could do was stand up with tears running down my face uh-huh. and, and say, I know I didn't do that to you, but I am sorry. I am sorry you had to go through that. I am sorry people of my race did those things to you or even made you feel like you had to be less than or more than depending on what the situation was. And I looked at you and you looked at me and we connected and we have started meeting since then. Yes, we have. Because one of the one of the things that came out of this was yes, we need to listen, but we need to take action too. And sometimes action is listening actively listening, and then, you know, developing a relationship with someone so that you can understand more deeply and develop more more safe places so that you can then continue to share the story so that more people will understand. Uh-huh. And I just feel so blessed that you have taken the time to meet with me to help me understand more. Oh, and that's then, beautiful. And then, you know, Deb, I, to, to know there will be more. Yes, yes. Was and that Deb, Foxy? Um, can you, yeah, if you guys can hear me. I don't think I've told Deb this, but I remember you standing up and apologizing 
And I remember at that moment, tears just flowing down my face, which I was really shocked by. I I had told this to the ladies afterwards because obviously for us it was like you come and you be on a panel and you give your, you share your story and you, you know that you're also going to be impacted, but you're never sure how God is going to move in a meet in a time together that impacts you. And I will honestly say that was one of the most impactful things that happened for you to stand and say that you were sorry. And I was telling them that part of it was like, I don't even know why I was so emotional by that in that moment, but I could not stop crying. And then later I remember Mm -hmm. thinking to myself, part of it is, is that for someone to simply acknowledge that um, something injust is happening because for, because in so many spaces you feel like you're constantly trying to defend the wrongdoing, right? So so for someone to just Mm -hmm. say, I see it and I'm sorry for it is one thing. But I also felt like as a black woman, what a great gift that we had in that moment to hear the words, I'm sorry, and to know that there are many people who are walking around and will walk around the, their entire lives and never hear that. Um, that. It just mattered to me deeply, and I, I, I was surprised by that and honored, really honored to be in a room with women, not just black women, but white women who could stand and stand in that and say, I'm sorry. And, again, we do that because we – because of of the Lord, because we love God and we can stand in that and not be defensive about it. And that was just so beautiful and pure that I, I honestly felt like you meant that and I could receive that really well. And I was really grateful. So, so thank you for doing that. I don't think I've ever told you that. Amen. Foxy. I remember the email you sent out to us just for our listening audience's sake. Um, Deb mentioned that she stood up and, and apologized. So I think it was in response to me as a panelist making the statement that most other, almost all of the other ethnic groups had received some sort of an apology for some of the misfortune, some of the uh, the wrong that had been done to them. But African Americans had not ever received an apology. And that's when Deb stood up in the audience and said, I know that I didn't do this, but I just apologize. And, Foxy, as you were crying, I was looking at you. I was crying. And then when you sent your email out later on that evening, when it was all said and done and we kind of had a chance to reflect, I started crying again. And then since then, like Deb mentioned, we have met. And part of uh, just moving on is is really yeah. breaking down the walls through getting to know someone, truly, truly getting to know someone, making yourself available to them. And that that's part of the part of the um, the keys that we hold as believers uh, when we consider the gospel of Jesus Christ, the hope of of uh, just reconciliation because of what Christ has done. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and I'm going to ask you all to respond to another quick question. Okay, Great. we'll be right back. Thanks. I just want to say that Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry. You can contact us by visiting our website at yieldtothekingministry.org, all one word. Okay, so ladies, welcome back. So as we consider our topic, as and as sensitive as it is, we're 
we, all three of us, all four of us have been able to, to speak freely about it, but there are others who still find it a little difficult. What advice would you give to others who may have difficulty crossing the ethnic lines within their own personal Christian circle or fellowship? And what sort of uh, words of encouragement would you offer? Uh, and and you've mentioned a little bit about what you're doing intentionally yourself to bridge that gap and to to lessen that, that divide, that racial divide. But what words of encouragement? And we'll, we'll start with Lorna. We've got about 10 minutes to go, and so this time goes by very quickly. So I'll ask you to, to respond and then make sure there's a little bit of time for everybody to say something. Okay. Um, everyone is different in where they are and what, what, what their perception is of their own racism. I read an article recently that I would probably refer people, uh, particularly white people, um, to some reading because I think initially if they aren't the ones seeking the conversation, like the gal that I mentioned who came to our church after um, hearing a sermon, she had been looking for opportunities. It had been on her heart. The Lord had been stirring up her heart as a white lady to say, well, what am I supposed to do? I, I am white. I can't help it. <laughs> what uh-huh. am I to do? I, yeah, and you don't go up to black people to teach me because you might not get a great response. So, you know, she needed to have this kind of introduction, this kind of event. So for her, that was it was easy. For other people, and they, I have been not surprised, but maybe dismayed, but it's just not a surprise. Many people who are within that congregation, their response is, why stir up even more? Why talk about it? Uh-huh. If, if it's a problem, it seems to just exacerbate the problem. Why don't you just everybody be nice and be quiet about it? And that, that's a frustrating response. And I think for people like that, and there there are many who are like me, 30 six years ago, who really somehow don't believe that racism has anything to do with them if they are not actively hating on people. If they're uh-huh. living their own lives, if they're tucking up their sidewalks at night and they're not bothering anyone, they think that it's not a problem or that they have no place in entering into this conversation. And so I would refer them to some reading um, recently on our Facebook page, The Conversation Um, someone posted an article by Lindsay Medford that was just very well written. And it talked about how people don't want to be diagnosed with. You you don't voluntarily ask the doctor to give you a diagnosis for a bad disease. So you don't really want to talk about it because you don't, as a white person, you don't want to be diagnosed as a racist. I would never call myself a racist, but the more I think and read, I have to say just having, like Deb said, that the the idea of white privilege, being able to get up and go out and do this and that without once having to have, having thought about what color I am is a privilege. And I don't 
I don't want anybody to tell me that I have a sinful problem or a sickness in my heart. And so I think that sometimes it has to be done quietly in your own heart. So reading things, um, the book Ghetto Side, I just finished reading, that was very useful for me um, to let me know that it just informed me. Um, so if you can't get, get to a panel where you've got patient black people who will enter into a conversation, enter into it through good and useful books. I'd, I'd be careful on what I'd recommend, but um, there are some really good and useful books and even movies out there. Mm, thank you, Lorna. And if I could just say one more thing, because I, I might not get a chance, is just to really have Micah 6-8 be your mantra, to, to do justice, to love what God loves, to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with God. That's where I would have mm-hmm. everyone to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with prayer, too. Mm. Yes. Thank you, Lorna. Okay, who who would like to go next? Foxy or, or Deb? Sure, I'll, I'll go. This is Foxy. Um, I think, like Lorna said, um, definitely to 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 read um to find articles that are that are um interesting that can be offensive i think it's a, an important to read a variety of articles and then allow god in that to to open your heart and your mind um to really consider what you the other whoever that other would be is that god help me to consider other people outside of myself and outside of what's normal to me um and i also think that I mean, the power of prayer is amazing, and so it's, it's to start with, even if you can't find an article, if you're not there, it's just to ask God to get on your knees and just pray and ask God to have, to open your heart. Um, and then I would say, you know, a lot of this has happened in my life just by small friendships, one-on-one um, friendships, and I, it, it seems kind of true even what Lorna was saying with your sister is that she found someone who was gentle enough to walk alongside mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes you got to ask God to open your heart and your eyes to see what friendship could I establish with someone I know and, and just be honest with them and how you, you're trying to, you know, be more mindful. And then maybe God will bring someone your way who, who is gentle enough to walk alongside. And I, and I don't say that only to white women. I think as black women, we are called to do the same and walk across the same bridge in reconciliation. And, and so I think on our end that we also have to be thinking, God, how do I extend my hand across the bridge to, to not just white women, but any woman outside of my culture um, to learn their story and to, to value it. So th- that would be my, and I, and I say, don't give up. You might meet some people who are not ready to have those kind of conversations and that's okay. Pray for them and keep moving and, try not to have a bitter heart about that, but there are people around who would definitely be open to having those conversations. So just keep looking, looking for them. Opportunities mm. are there. That's beautiful. Thank you, Foxy. And Deb, real quickly, what would you like to say to our listening audience? Well, th- first of all, as we go into scripture with Genesis one twenty-seven, where all, all are created in the image of God and uh-huh. that we have to keep that in front of us as we move forward And secondly, when we end up at the Tower of Babel, we all start speaking different languages, and that desire to be united is there. Our desire to be united with our fellow man and with God is deep within us. And we just have to pray that that comes out as we 
have conversations with people and reach out to them, not not in pity, or but in kindness and in love and prayerfully, because Amen. every step you take needs to be God-led. Mm-hmm. Thank you mm-hmm. for including me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. So I'm glad that you brought forth that scripture, uh, Genesis 126, and, and it, where it actually says, God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Yet, we know that the racial separation and segregation among us still exists, and that happened to be in the uh, promotional material. One other thing is that we're all familiar with the uh, statement that Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., made years ago, decades Mm -hmm. ago, and that is that uh, the 11 a.m. hour on Sunday is the most segregated Mm -hmm. hour in our nation. And I believe that... uh, Today, you were able to hear uh, from our panelists who uh, presented to you ways that they are intentionally trying to uh, bridge that gap and intentionally and purposefully allowing God to remind them that it's through the shedded blood of Jesus Christ that there is reconciliation. So I hope that, uh, listening audience, I hope that, and my prayer is, that you were able to to hear something that would cause you to ponder, consider the Word of God and the and Christ's gospel of reconciliation, and maybe have a different perspective on uh, how you might be able to go about ending um, ethnic-based inequality. And so I want to thank Foxy and Lorna and Dev for joining us today. Thank you for your insight. Thank you for your God-centeredness. Thank you for your words of encouragement. And let us continue this journey together. Let us continue to meet and and greet with one another, have tea, coffee, whatever it takes, and be that example, and be that example. So with that, I'd like to say God bless you and thank you, and I'll let you each say something before our time is up. Thank you so much. I am so privileged for to even know you, but let alone be a part of this conversation and to to get the word out. So many so many good things have spun off of the conversation. I'm excited to see what's next. Thank you, Lorna. Yeah, I would definitely ditto Lorna. I'm I'm excited to see what happens next with the conversation. And thank you, Naj, for what you do in this organization and also just allowing us to come on and continue to spread the word. So really grateful. Thank you, Deb. And this is Deb, and I thank you to my sisters in Christ. Amen. And that's the way we all move forward. Amen. God bless you all, and listening audience, you'll hear from us again soon. Thank you.